did I know when I began preparing for my message this week that we would be facing what we have already had to face this morning, but it brings into sharper focus what I feel the Lord has directed me to. I would, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah the 38th chapter. I'm going to read beginning with verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 and then we're going to skip down and uh, pick up at a later portion, verse number 9. But the word of the Lord reads like this. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus, thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, and prayed unto the Lord. And the next few verses are his prayer and his remonstration before the Lord. Verse number 9, it says, The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. I was in the cutting off of my days. I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. I said I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord, in the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Mine age is departed and is removed from me as a shepherd's tent. I have cut off like a weaver my life. He will cut me off with pining sickness from day even to night. Wilt thou make an end of me? I reckoned till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night, wilt thou make an end of me? He said, like a crane or a swallow did I chatter. He said, I was like a dove that moaned. Mine eyes failed with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed, undertake for me. And verse 15 is really what I want you to focus your attention on. Verse 15 and 16. He said, what shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me and himself hath done it. I shall shall go softly all my years In the anguish of my soul or the bitterness of my experience. O Lord, by these things men live. And in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. I wonder how many things he has loved us out of. You have loved me and delivered me out of the pit of destruction, for thou hast cast all 
my sins behind thy back. And if you go on and read, you will continue to hear what Hezekiah determined to do with this newfound life. My subject this morning for just a few moments, what are we learning from our trials? Are we learning anything through our sufferings, through our tests, through our disappointments? Scripture indicates that we should. We should be gathering wisdom from what we are going through. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. When I read this verse this week, it was something that awakened in me uh, a spirit of reminiscence in particular, not even knowing what we would be facing this morning, but in light of all that we have been through this year, how our life has turned upside down by means of a pandemic And how it has rearranged our life, how it has reordered our days, the way that we function, the things that we do. And while I was thinking in those terms, I asked myself this question. What have I learned from this season in life? What have I learned during this experience that we are going through? Am I learning anything I would have to confess to you that I have learned some things. I have learned, most importantly, not to waste my sorrows, not to waste my tears, not to waste life's experiences because all of them have lessons to teach me. I have learned in this season of life just how important The church is in my life. Amen. Can anybody say amen? I have learned in this season that I should never take for granted those everyday blessings that I am so accustomed to in my life. For how suddenly a day can change everything. We've learned the value of fellowship. Does anybody remember those days when we couldn't come to church? Some people still don't come, but, you know, I I understand we're still dealing with a sickness, but does anybody remember those feelings, those first few days when you knew you couldn't come to church and you couldn't fellowship with people, you couldn't sit beside them? And then even when we did come back, we had to sit distance and we're wearing masks and we're doing all of the things that we know to try to stay safe. And, and yet in spite of all the things we're doing, people are still getting sick. You know, it's interesting that as far as I know, there has been no one healed of COVID-19. No one. You know what that tells me? That tells me evidently God intended for us to go through this. So if he intended for me to go through this, 
What is it is he trying to teach me in the process of going through this experience that I'm going through? What is he trying to teach me that is important to my life so that I do not waste any more of my days and I do not squander any more of my opportunities. What is it that God is trying to speak into my life that if I would observe them and I would embrace them would help make me a better man and make me a better Christian? Amen. Hezekiah had his own epiphany. He had his own awakening. Hezekiah was born the son of Ahaz. You know Jezebel and Ahaz. It's the opposite of his father though. He was a man of deep spiritual uh, bearing and there is proof in his life that your ancestry doesn't have to dictate your destiny. Amen. You may have been born of a bad father, but you can live to be a good man. And Hezekiah proved that by the way that he lived. He was viewed by biblical scholars as one of the great reformers of Judah's spiritual life and was very instrumental in helping reunite Israel as a nation that had been divided under Rehoboam and Jeroboam. It was his story that received more more space in the, the, the Old Testament books of Kings and Chronicles than anyone since Solomon. His story is more detailed than any of the others. And it is said of him in Second Kings 18 that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor any that were before him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded. For he claimed to the Lord and departed not from him. And the Lord was with him and he prospered him whithersoever he went. There are only three individuals in scripture that that is said of that the Lord was with him and he was one of those three. His first act as the king was to repair the temple and reinstitute the worship and the services of the priest and the Levites. He purged the temple of everything unclean that had been brought into it and he reopened the offering of sacrifices and he removed the high places and he broke that brazen serpent that had become an idol to Israel, he cut down their groves and he turned their heart back toward true worship to Jehovah God. It was during his reign that something of his prestige and power uh, began to be noticed and it was, uh, he, he enjoyed like no one other than Solomon had enjoyed during his reign. He began reigning at the age of 25 and reigned for 29 years. And it is said of him that he trusted in the Lord and he clave to the Lord. But it was in the midst of this, this life of blessing that a struggle ensued. It was in the struggle with the king of Assyria. The Bible said that he fell sick suddenly. Bible scholars do not know exactly other than the fact that there is a reference to a boil. But 
Evidently, he had some kind of infection in his blood. And Isaiah the prophet was sent to him to tell him, Your days are over. You're going to die, uh, Hezekiah. You need to set your house in order. What a sobering awakening that kind of announcement would be to anyone if the Lord were to step into your life right now and say, your number's up. Set your house in order. You're going to die. What would be your response? It was Hezekiah's response. He turned his face toward the wall and he started praying and crying out. And you can read Isaiah, uh, his account of what uh, he prayed and you can read in the Chronicles and Kings of all the things that Hezekiah prayed about and he called upon the Lord concerning. But he, he was so sobered by what had happened when he faced death There's something about facing death, not somebody else's death, but your death. When it's you, your days are up. It has a way of waking us up. It has a way of sobering us. And it did Hezekiah. And he began to pray, God, remember how I've walked before you. Don't forget those things. I've done what is good in thy sight. And the Bible said that he wept sore because it was that sobering reality of life. That life is so fragile. It is like a vapor that appears for a moment and then it's gone. And you cannot recall it. You cannot bring it back. A vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes Before the prophet was gone though, before he had left the middle part of the city, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said, Go back and instruct Hezekiah that I'm going to add to your life. I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'm going to add 15 years to your life and I'm going to give you victory over the Assyrian king. And Hezekiah said, Lord, how will I know when it's time for me to go up to the house of God? It's amazing to me that the first thing Hezekiah thought about when God restored his life was not how quick he could get to the mall or how soon he could get to the next party, but the only thing that mattered to him is how soon can I get back to church? How soon can I go into the house of the Lord? And he said, Three days, put a poultice on that boil and God going to heal you. And he said, how am I going to know that? He said, well, what do you want me to show you? And uh, he said, it would be an easy thing for the sun to go down. I want it to go backward. I want you to give me back some time. And so the Lord calls the sun to go back two degrees to give him a confirmation of what he had just spoken to him. And now we're reading in Isaiah and Hezekiah is looking back over his life. He is looking back over this experience that he has gone through. He's looking back over that sobering reality that shook his world and turned him upside down and put his face to the wall and made him cry out with tears to God. And he's looking at all of 
the emotions and all the feelings that went through him and the thoughts that were so startling and, and the reality of how fragile his life was. And when he was looking back over that, it came, he, he came to the realization, the reason that God has allowed me to go through this is so I can learn something from what I have experienced. That I'm not just passing through life and everything's just a linear thing and there's nothing more beyond that. But there's an experience that God is wanting to take me through to teach me some things. My question again to you this morning is what is life teaching us right now? Sister Joanne, it is so good to see you today. Life is teaching me to appreciate these that you love the most. She has struggled through COVID and all the residual issues, and here she is today. We ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, yes. And Hezekiah is looking at all that had transpired in his life. And he comes to this statement. He said, it's by these things that we live. Now things, he is referencing what he has gone through. We are not living by a lot of things that we think are essential to life. We think we have to have these things for us to have a happy life and a good life and a blessed life. But Hezekiah said, hey, I want to tell you what really matters. What matters is what I have just gone through and what it has taught me about life. That I need to wake up and value every day of my life and realize that every day I have is a gift from God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Hezekiah remembered that these are the things that mold character. The hours that have the most, uh, that have most deeply colored and, and determined his life have been such hours of darkness as he had gone through. The outward incident was nothing compared to the inward spiritual awakening and reality and he was realizing something so vital how important it is to value the small things of life amen the small things of life like going to the store and finding everything on the shelves that you need remember that anybody remember vacant shelves Anybody remember how quickly those shelves emptied? And I'm seeing that same episode happen over again out of the fear and the fear mongering and uncertainty of what's coming and we're going through this same cycle again. It's amazing how many things that we have at our disposal on an everyday basis and some of us have not even stopped one moment to say thank you Lord, thank you for your blessing, thank you for your goodness, thank you for giving me this day, thank you for supplying my need, thank you for taking care of me, thank you for keeping me through all of these things. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. 
it is so important that we learn something from what we go through. That it's not wasted. Because I have learned that life's greatest lessons are learned in the crucible of suffering. It's learned in the crucible of pain and loss. Experiences like that have a way of revealing what really matters. And you know what, folks? There's just a whole lot of stuff in life that don't really matter. Amen. Whether you get your Starbucks today or not, whether or not you get to take that trip that you've got to take, whether or not you get to buy that item that you want to buy, you realize that life is so much more than those things. But life is the awakening and the reality that I am here for a reason and that God has kept me through all of these things for a purpose. So what have I learned from this season in my life? What have I learned by the thing that I have gone through? I want to tell you what you need to learn. What I need to learn is how precious life really is. Here one moment, gone the next. Brother Casey got up this morning and had breakfast with Sister Casey and they were conversing about the newspaper not being there and all of a sudden he went silent. And before she could get to him, he's gone. Now you say, oh, he's, an, he, he, he's one of our elders. I know that, but I also know that there are people that are much younger than he. Life is no guarantee. And what I have right now, I better wake up and thank God that I have it and make it count for something and stop wasting it on non-essential things. Come on, praise him right now. treasure every day. I, I, I told you last week to find something to be thankful for every day. I, it was amazing how many times when I said I'm thankful for you, it made them laugh. It made them giggle. made them feel uncomfortable. I'm thinking, why? Why is that making you feel uncomfortable? I, have we gotten to the place where we take so much for granted that just turning to somebody that you're with every day or turning to somebody that you talk to every day and said, hey, I haven't told you today, but I'm thankful for you. I am grateful that you're in my life. I can't tell you the difference you've made. What is there about doing that that makes us uncomfortable? That's what life ought to do to us. It ought to wake us up and make us realize we have a gift here. God has given us a wonderful gift. And we better make it count for something. Hallelujah. Such experiences have a way of disrobing us of our self-sufficiency. It reveals our utter weakness. It reveals our dependence on God. When something like that happens, the first thing that we ought to do is call on the Lord. Amen. I want that to be my first response. Oh God, help us. God, we need you. I want to become more aware of his presence in my life. I don't know if Hezekiah had, had come to a place 
where his position and, 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 and the applause of people, there was a headiness. I don't know that that was, a, that that was what it was, but I do know this, that what happened to him awakened that man to realize, hey, I have a gift here and I want to be appreciative of the gift that God has given me and I don't want to waste what God has taught me in this season. And when things like this happen, I want to learn the first person I need to call on is the Lord the one I need to turn to then is the Lord I turn my face to the wall I turn my heart toward him amen praise God when Hezekiah went through this experience it brought into a stark contrast the important things of life and suddenly the trivial was trivial amen They awakened him to see things differently. Amen. I wish that we could have that kind of awakening. You know, when it first happened this year, it was awakening. But I've noticed that as we have progressed through this this epidemic, I, I have noticed a slumbering. It's become old hat. It's become old news. It doesn't stir us. And I'm not saying that to scare you. That's not my point at all. My point is there has to be an awakening that comes in my life, in my spiritual thinking. There has to be an understanding that God is doing something. What is God doing? This is not some random thing that's going on. God, what's going on here? I want to know how I can better prepare myself for the future and awaken myself to what is around me. Amen. To see differently the, the, how life should be lived. To know that existing is not living. Amen. The only thing that needs to happen in these crises of life is that we realize the riches that we possess. I want you to stop for a moment. And I want you to think about the riches in your own life. I'm not talking about your 401k. I'm not talking about how much money you have in the bank. I'm talking about what you have around you. Do you have a family? Do you have friends? Do you have people that talk to you? Now, I know some of you were needing something deeper and more spiritual than this, but I'm just here to tell you there's some things we better wake up to. If you have those things, you're blessed. And the fact is we live every day. We go in and out of life every day without stopping or pausing to say, thank you, Lord. God, don't ever let me take this for granted again. Don't let me walk through this time without being aware that you're here. You've always been here. I didn't always see you, but you were always there because it was your love that actually loved me back from the pit. It was your love that saved me from my own sin. To open our eyes to the value of a day. To teach us to walk humbly. Amen. We get up some days like we own today. Yeah. We get up and go about it like this is my day. And Hezekiah learned to walk more humbly. He learned to praise God now. 
Oh, I can't emphasize that enough. If you read the latter portion of Isaiah 38, he talks about the dead cannot praise you. Evidently, Hezekiah had got to the place that he took praise in his life for granted. You know, he was doing all these great spiritual things. He was leading Israel in the right direction. He was one of the only kings other than David that defeated the Philistines. And and he's doing all of these great things. But somehow I, I have the feeling from what I read and just trying to understand the context of what he's saying. I seem to get the impression that maybe praise had kind of fallen down the, the, the chart in his life. It really didn't mean that much to him. But now that he's face to face with death, he realizes how valuable praise was to his life, how important it was, how it nurtured so many good things in his life. And he said, God, now that you spared me, I'm going to praise you every day of my life. I'm going to give you glory every moment of my day. I'm going to live my voice and say thank you Jesus I'm going to do it now I'm not putting it off to tomorrow I'm going to do it now I'm going to do it this morning thank you God when Callie Grace was a little baby we were. she was in the back of my truck and I'm going down the highway and I said oh thank you Jesus and Poppy, what's wrong? Oh, I, I didn't realize it. What, 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 what are you doing? And I had to stop and explain to her, I'm just being thankful for today. I find myself doing that more and more just through the routine of the day, pausing for a moment and say, thank you, Lord. You've been good to me, God. I don't deserve your blessings, but here I am. Thank you for your mercies, Lord. I find every time that I do that, something happens spiritually in my life. Every time I take a moment to praise him, he comes nearer to me. Every time I take a moment to give him glory and honor, he comes near to me. And I like it when he comes near to me. And I've learned that if I can praise him now, he will be here now. Amen. He found it important to tell the next generation what the Lord has done. I got a word for you elders in our service this morning. You have a story that you need to tell this young generation. They need to know something about how God has gotten you through all the stuff that you've lived through. You know, they see you sitting back there and they see you smiling and you're all pretty and, and you're well-dressed and they don't think you know anything about trouble. But what you've got to talk to them about is that when you were in that place, yeah, I was in that place. I went through that kind of trial, but I want to tell you how God brought me through. I want to tell you how God was good. I want to tell you how he took me by the hand and he led me and he'll lead you through that just as well you see there's a lot of our young people that don't think any of you elderly people ever were tempted in your life or that you ever struggled with your humanity because they only see your good side They only see that spiritual side. But they need to know, I know what it's like to feel temptation. I know what it's like to be oppressed. I know what it's like to feel depression. 
Well, how did you deal with it? Well, I learned how important it was to pray. I learned how important it was to praise. I learned how important it was to go to the house of God. I learned how important it was to fellowship with God's people. I learned that in the midst of my sorrow, that when I cried out to God, he was there. And when I praised him, he was there. And when I glorified him, he was there. And somehow he helped me live through that. He said, we need to tell the next generation what God has done. It made him aware of God's sustaining, saving love. Now I will walk humbly, he said, through the rest of my years because of the anguish I have felt. For your discipline was good, for it leads me to new appreciation for life. Amen. My health should not be taken for granted. That's what COVID-19 has taught us, that we should never take our health for granted. We're battling something we can't see with the natural eye. It cannot be detected by machines, but it's there, and it has a way of affecting us, and I should never take my health for granted. It teaches us that we ought to live more wisely. Amen. And I'm closing to live more fully. A fresh infusion of life came to Hezekiah and he lived to give thanks and praise. He reveals the treasures that I have in my life every day. You know what has come to my realization over the last few hours is that I don't have time to gripe anymore. I don't have time to complain anymore. I don't have time to whine anymore. Amen. I don't need to waste another moment doing that. But I need to make every moment an opportunity to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Stand with me if you will. I think one of the greatest truths that Hezekiah learned in his ordeal is the the dislodging of the myth that one day is like another day. It's just another Monday. It's just another Sunday. It's just another Tuesday. It's just another Friday. Amen. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be there. But oh, the difference a day can make. That I would live more reverently. That I would live more in tune with God. Lord, I know you're working. I know you're here. Remind me of how powerless I am against life's afflictions. And by these things, by these things, these experiences that I am going through, this is where men live. This is where life is learned. This is where wisdom is found. This is where strength is discovered. 
What are our afflictions? What are our tests? What are our trials teaching us? Do they help us get our bearings? Do they help us break through to a new revelation of who he is? If they don't, then why don't we let them be a breakthrough moment? Amen. God grant us that we will not pass through our trials without learning something. Without eyes that can see and ears that can hear and a spirit that can perceive. Amen. Father, we love you today. We know that you're here in this place. I know you're here, Lord, because you have promised to be in the midst of your people. You inhabit the praise of Israel, and I've heard praise in this building today. I know you're here because you're God. And you choose to be here. I know you're here because I have felt your love tugging at my heart. Pulling me away from the abyss that I was plunging toward. I know you're here because I have felt your presence. I feel your presence. I sense your nearness. God... I pray that you would awaken us today. Awaken us, Lord, to life, to where we are right now and the opportunities that you have given to us to value every day of our life and to give thanks for every moment that we have and to treasure the real treasures of life our family, our friends, our church, our God. And Lord, to never let those priorities ever become skewed by other things. But those are the things by which we live. Hallelujah. Lord, today we're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for your mercy. I wouldn't be here tonight or this morning, Lord, if it were not because of that mercy. And I just want to pause a moment and say thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that you have kept your hand upon us, that we are still here. We are here for a purpose. Help us, Lord, to never forget that we are headed toward eternity. And every day that we live counts. Every day counts. That we would not waste a tear, that we would not waste a sorrow, that we would not waste a pain, that we would not waste a disappointment, that we would not waste a tear, that we would learn what really matters that we would learn the true essence of life and where it is found. It is found in your presence, Lord. It's found in your promises, oh God. It's found in your word today, Lord. 
By these things men live. By these things men live. Lord, I thank you for that life that is everlasting. I thank you, Lord, for that life that is abundant. I thank you for life that is full and free. I thank you for life that is joy unspeakable and full of glory. I thank you, Lord, for breath today. I thank you that I have the energy to lift my voice and say to God, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey!